What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jersey Boys Podcast here exclusively on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Your host, Dave Sturgeo, alongside America's fan, Keith Ernst, of course, nationally known comedian, Brett Ernst. And tonight we're joined by a very special guest because we are still kind of hungover from the draft. We need to still talk a little bit about it. And we have Clay Sauerteig, right? I, I nailed it, right? Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, Clay. Clay writes for Black Shoe Diaries, which is actually SB Nation's uh, coverage of Penn State football. So it kind of works out. And, of course, it works out for us because we heard – through the grapevine, that you are, unfortunately, a Dallas Cowboy fan like us. I am. I am. 20, 28 years or so of Cowboys misery, but wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so I got to know. And, and, yeah, go ahead. I, I know, Brett. Wait, Brett really quick. Hold on. I just want to commend this kid because at least, you know, you saw a couple Super Bowls when you were little Sturch. You I know, did. me and my brother grew up in the 80s. We didn't really see anything, but then we were old enough. You know, I was 48, I think, when Dallas won their Super Bowls <laughs> in the 90s. But this kid, Clay, man, you have never, ever seen us ever. I mean, so. Not even an NFC championship. The, I know, that's crazy. It's one of those well, things no, where people talk about like diehard no. fans. And it's like, I can promise you I'm diehard because I'm not, I have nothing else to root for. Like, Sure, shit ain't, ain't getting the Super Bowl, or there's no like bandwagon fandom. So, how did this all? How did this all come about? Uh, old man, um, my my pops grew up and went had some some family in the Dallas area. First game he ever went to was in the old stadium. Um, went to a number of games when he was a kid. I've seen him up here. I'm in Central PA. I'm actually in Harrisburg, PA. So I, we'll nice. we'll get talking about that. But I've been watching Michael Parsons since. He was in high school. Um, but, yeah, so I carried that one along, grew up watching games, and it was kind of just the natural thing that I took to. And, you know, I was too dumb at that age to realize that they weren't going to be any good. <laughs> you should have ran for the hills when you had a chance, bro. <laughs> hey, Clay, Clay, how old how old's your father? He is uh, – he'll be 62. Oh, be okay, because I, I was going to ask – I was going to ask when you said old stadium, was it Cotton Bowl or was it Texas Stadium? Do you know which one it was? Yeah, it would have been Texas Stadium at that point. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping to say Cotton Bowl. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you're suffering. You're suffering with all three of us and uh, the entire other, you know, millions of members of Cowboys Nation. Uh, but we got to know, obviously, the, the big, the big thing about this podcast in particular is that we had a lot of draft coverage. We were screaming for weeks and weeks for the Cowboys not to even consider taking a tight end. We we all were in agreement uh, that defense was the need for this team, obviously. I mean, uh, that goes without saying. I know Brett wanted Zayvon Collins. I know Keith was okay with – Keith was okay with multiple things. He wanted uh, a tackle. He wanted – he was okay with uh, no, no, Parsons, no, hold on. Collins. He, pre he predicted a tackle. 
I predict and, a tackle. Okay. I just want a defense. But we, we, yeah, we just want a defense. And on top Linebacker of that, yeah, first. but I, I, but I'm very happy with Micah Parsons, though. Extremely happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously on team cornerback. I wanted Sertain. I want, you know, I wanted J.C. Yeah. Horn. I want all that. But obviously, it doesn't fall our way. And then they make the trade back with Philadelphia, which again felt dirty. But again, it happened. It is what it is. I'm there. It's done. Right. I know. It, it just it feels weird. But then at the end, it's like it really doesn't matter because at the yeah. end of the day, who's throwing them the damn ball anyway? But uh, Clay, I got to know, like Micah Parsons, what are we? I mean, we know what we're getting, but you've been covering them since you just said high school. What are we getting in Micah Parsons? First off, you're getting an elite level athlete. And like you say that as if like everyone in the NFL is an elite athlete, but he's an elite athlete among elite athletes. Um, gets sideline to sideline really, really well. Um, for all the talk uh, about him not covering particularly well, I think he's becoming better in coverage. This is a kid that played with his hand in the dirt in high school and came into Penn State as a defensive end, and, and they really needed a linebacker. And probably within six games of him starting his freshman year, he was the best linebacker on the team and then was an all-Big Ten selection as, as a true freshman. Um, again, gets gets sideline, sideline, gets downhill, um, I've heard a lot of talk about him not being particularly instinctive. I think for, for one, that's a bit reasonable for somebody that's played 18 games at linebacker in, in the Big Ten. But I've also never seen somebody since watching like Paul Pazlesny or Sean Lee, for, for instance, play in college that just finds their way to the football. And that's one of those guys, if you're going to be playing in the middle of the defense, I, I want a guy who just shows up at the football. Um, heavy hitter, wraps and tackles well. Uh, creates havoc, can, can rush the passer. I'd love to see, with, with some talk that they're going to go to a three-man front, I'd love to see him play some edge and get after the passer there. Uh, I really, really do. Um, outside of my Penn State fandom and, and my connection of, of following Micah since high school, I think he, he might be the best defensive player in the draft, regardless of need. I had no idea he was, a, he, he was an edge rusher at one point. I didn't know they recruited him as a defensive lineman. Yeah, coming out of high school, he was actually the number one edge um, in, in his recruiting class. Um, was wow. committed to Penn State, decommitted, uh, had kind of a flirtation period there with Ohio State. Oh, wow. um, but when he ended up uh, signing for Penn State, I think the talk was, okay, he's a defensive end, but Penn State really needs a linebacker. Like they had nothing, nothing in that second level. And they threw him in at middle linebacker and at – at the will for a number of games and probably within five games was by far their best linebacker. And I think that's one of the things we talked about when you hear he doesn't have the instincts or he's, he can't do it in coverage. First of all, I've watched him cover, cover tight ends and receivers down the field at, at 245, 250. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. He made to refine some technique, but really uh, I think instinct wise, it's going to take one season under Dan Quinn, maybe. And I don't think he's going to have an issue. Like I said, the guy just – he's a football player. I mean, he, he shows up at the ball. He wraps and tackles. He reads the run game really, really well. Um, with, with how inconsistent we were last year and the year before at linebacker after the injuries and, and Jalen Smith doing whatever Jalen Smith is doing, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I really think it won't be long until he's the best linebacker on the team. Where, where, would, you think, um, where would you think that uh, he would fit best? When I say that, like what position, weak line, will linebacker, middle linebacker, where where would you think you would be best? If they're going to play a three-man front, I think you're going to see him moved around because I actually think his best position could be an edge in a 3-4. I mean, he oh, can okay. really, really rush the passer. If you go back 
And I know it sounds silly to watch some high school tape, but watch like the All American games where he's working against guys like uh, Michael Mennett, who went later in the draft, or some four and five star tackles, and he really didn't get beat on, on any reps. Um, if they're going to play a four three, I'd like to see him kind of at that will. Let him just get downhill. Uh, mm-hmm. Let him kind of chicken with his head cut off. I know, I know there's concerns, like I said, with some instincts, but but I'd like that kind of free roll where you're like, hey, just just go get the ball. I think the yeah. Dallas Cowboys are starting to confuse a lot of people when when they start talking about their scheme on defense. They keep asking Coach Quinn, you know, what's it going to be? Well, it's going to be a three four look with a four three scheme and a this that third and a nickel nickel. And I'm like, what? Like, don't. It, it got me worried because last year I know that Mike Nolan was very like hybrid, and that like worries me a little bit. Where I'm just yeah. like, can't you just say four three or can't you just say base three four? Like, can't you just tell us what you? I guess because of the fact that they drafted a Micah Parsons, and then you get a Jabril Cox later on in the draft, and then you got the two guys you already have on your roster, plus a couple other guys. Then they sign Neil. You know what I mean? There's a lot of moving parts, so I guess you don't want to commit to one thing until you know what you got. But from everything that you're telling us, Micah Parsons seems like he can, he's Mr. Do-It-All. Well, and, like, here's the thing. I, not to get too far off topic, but I also love Jabril Cox. Like, love Jabril Cox. I think he might be the best coverage linebacker in the draft. If you go back and watch his tape, I don't know why he was. I didn't even know how he was still around. It's really ridiculous. He's a fantastic coverage linebacker. If you're going to not consider JOK a linebacker there. Um, But I think in terms of fit, you see, they're not going to pick up the the option on Van Der Esch. I'm all about putting like Cox at the Sam and then Parsons at the will and just having Parsons get downhill and cause havoc. And then, Cox on the backside. Like, I really think they're fantastic <laughs> complimentary pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I got, I got, yeah. I mean, look, I'm excited about it. Now, if you had to, like, you look at Micah Parsons and his style of play, do you have an NFL comp when you look at Micah Parsons on what, like, because I've heard some crazy things already and I've heard some comparisons to, like, one Bobby Wagner. You know what I mean? So I'm just not, not, not so, like, uh, if he's going to have a Bobby Wagner career, but, like, his style of play, does he have an NFL comp to you? This is going to be a bit lazy because it's a Penn State case, but I would say Navarro Bowman. He's a, he's a taller Navarro Bowman in terms of he's a thumper. Like, when he's hitting guys in the hole, they're going to stop. Um, he gets sideline, sideline faster than you think he does. Um, really physical, can really rush the passer. Uh, I, I think there's – we'll see how he develops in coverage. I don't think he's going to be – the huge hole that some people tend to think of. I think there's people that kind of made their made their decisions on Parsons before really is watching it, too much. Yeah, is it safe uh, to say is it safe to say it can't get any worse than what it was? <laughs> so. it's, it was really, really negative. And like I get that I'm gonna be biased knowing knowing the kid beforehand, but like if he would have played this year, I think he would have been a top ten pick fairly easily. Um, I mean, technically he was. I mean, I know he went 12 because of the trade, yeah. but it looked like Dallas knew that at 10 they could have had him and they could have had him at 12 and grab himself an extra third rounder, yeah, so that's why they did it. There was some talk about him like following to like 18 to 20 with the character concerns, which I get. Do you buy into that at all? Do you buy into that He was really immature when he came in. But, like, so when he came in, there was there was that beforehand. There was issues with – he got into like a fight in high school, but like got um, he had in trouble. But if you look at the stuff he got in trouble for, and you want to look through message boards, like it was more wow, this kid's a dumb kid than like he's a bad guy. Like I, I just don't get that sense. Like Penn State's had some players where you're like, yes, yeah, this guy's trouble. Um, I think Parsons was just more of like, yeah, this kid needs to grow the hell up. Oh, and you he mean- definitely didn't turn Penn State. You mean um, he was right, just right. being a kid? 
Yeah, um, no, I think you look, at, you look at the case, one of the things that people brought out was the alleged sexual assault case, or was the alleged ha hazing thing. Yeah. It's weird to say. Um, I will say that it's been now through three judges and three cases have been thrown out. I don't say, I don't think that necessarily means that nothing happened. I mean, it's not my place to say, but the yeah, fact but that I mean, look, it's now going through three court systems, every single one's been like, yeah, there's nothing here. Yeah. Then, and, then that's, that's, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about a Zeke situation where next year, all of a sudden, like, Oh, wait a minute. Nah, how about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm that, this is, this doesn't feel, it doesn't feel uh, like it's the same thing. I, I just, I, don't see the off-field concerns that, that some other people see. And I think a lot of that was spurred on by people really, really not wanting a linebacker. And, and that was the justification was like, well, we can't take him because there's this. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Now, I do have another question about Micah Parsons. He doesn't do any personal branding, right? Because I, I really can't tolerate another one of those guys. Like, he's not going to swipe and, and do a, a clear-eyed view and shit, right? Hot boys. Big, big, like... <laughs> I mean, he's like on Twitter like anybody else is, but it's not okay. like I don't remember any type of like particular nickname. He was really, really close with LeVar Arrington through the recruiting process. That's the whole 11 thing. Um, the man that took but, out but, the man that took like, out Troy. <laughs> loves football. And like it's been a long time since outside, like you look at Dak, but like the Cowboys need guys that love football. Like not that Zeke doesn't, not that like Jalen Smith doesn't, but like. People talk about, well, the kid's an idiot, but like really, really football smart kid and really, really hardworking kid. And I think that's the big thing is like you talk to him or you, listen, you go back to listen to interviews when he was in high school or when he was in college and like it's just football. Like like it's always been what, what it's all about with him. Was a five-star recruit starting in his junior year. So so he's kind of always had talent. And he's one of those guys that like he's always been – a standout player on the field. Like some of these guys come through and develop, but like in high school, it was like, you, you remember him coming through in sophomore and, and junior year. And they call him like the water boy. Cause he was just played mm -hmm. like, like that kind of downhill angry style. Like, I, I think he's just a really, really standout athlete at that position. He's and, about to lead the Cowboys to the bourbon bowl, baby. <laughs> no, I, I heard in an interview, he said that an alligator is ornery because it has so many teeth and, and no toothbrush. <laughs> You're wrong, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> no, so, look, also, ahead, bro. What, what, man? Because good. No, I, uh, Clay, have you um, have you like actually like interviewed or met him, or are you just like a stalker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I was going to say, does he know that you're, that, that you're an expert in him? <laughs> he used to he used to order tater tots at lunch. <laughs> So, Ed O'Brien, who's a guy who works for 24-7 Sports, I don't know how familiar you guys are. We're yeah, yeah, no, actually, very familiar. 24-7 is yeah. a big one. Ed O'Brien works over 24-7 as a Harrisburg PA guy. Um, and I was working for BSD at that time. I was working for Lions 24-7 uh, and doing some of their recruiting stuff. So I followed and did some interviews with them through the recruiting process and then just was on the beat and, and did all, like, the home games for, for Black Shoe Diaries when he was coming through. So it was just, I mean – you hear a lot from coaches area, and I cover high school sports for a full-time job in the area. So it's one of those things where like you talk to the coaches and it's another reason why I'm not really concerned about the, the character stuff. Cause you hear the way other coaches talk about them and it's, it's for the right. most part growingly. Right. So Clay, are you near the area where like Marino, Montana, like all those quarterbacks came from? Nah, see, that's, like, that's Western PA. We got a, 
like uh, Marcus Colston was from my area, PA, LaShawn McCoy, uh, Parsons now, obviously. Uh, a handful of guys. Not I just think that's crazy there. that all those quarterbacks came from that area, from Namath to Unitas to Montana, Marino. That's just insane. Look, there's not like shit in Pennsylvania, but like we make football <laughs> players pretty, pretty well. Pretty well. All right. <laughs> that's yeah, not as good as South Florida, but pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, but we're Jersey. <laughs> we're, 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 you're better than Jersey. I'll say that. Much. Oh, whoa. Don oh, Bosco. We're untouchable. What do you mean? Anyway. Football players? Who do we have? Miles Austin? Yeah, come on, man. Hell yeah, we have Miles Austin. You just rattled off of, how many quarterbacks are in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> All right. So I have to ask you, Clay. Last week, you know, me, Brett, and uh, Keith graded the draft. Both of these guys gave them, uh, the, the Cowboys, an A. Uh, I gave them a B plus. When you look at this draft as a whole, I, I, I can see your face right now as we record this. Well, tell them why. Well, tell yeah, them no. Why. What, what, do you give, what do you give in the Cowboys and why? Like, I think I settled somewhere around the BB+. plus. I didn't think it was a bad draft. I was really happy with the Parsons move. I would have liked Sertain or Horn, but, like, at that point, you can't control what other teams do. I think, given the situation, they made the best move. Um, I was crying out for a safety hire in the draft. I like the upside of Calvin Joseph. I don't know that I like him more than some of the other corners that were on the board. Um, I was a big fan of, of Ife Malafanu out of Syracuse. Um, a guy I really liked who fit the long corner mold, uh, a lot like Byron Jones come out, an elite athlete. Um, I thought they reached on Osa. I thought they reached on the corner out of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the guys they took. I just felt like they took a lot of them around ahead of where I, I would have taken them if they were on the board, obviously. Now, now you're talking to a guy, uh, Keith, who who is Mr. – Nobody knows nothing until you get on the football field. So he's like, reach this, I'm that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, – my thing is, is the reason I – and Brett and I, we both gave him an A is because they addressed defense. And that's yeah, the yeah, main absolutely. reason why. Because that was our – we know from last season just and, – and I'll say this again, and I've said it probably about 20 times on this show. That was the worst linebacking crew I've ever seen performance-wise – out of the Dallas Cowboys, and I've been watching since, you know, forever. So it's just – that's why I'm happy that they went linebacker first. And not only that, they tried to address the rest of the defense, and we got eight out of 11 defensive players. Yeah, I love – not the- know what they're going to be, but I like I like yeah, the coach's first. decision to go that way. I love the defensive interior picks. Like, they yeah. needed just, like, a big guy that can, like, hold up against the run. Like, I don't even need, like, a Buhana to, like, do anything. Just be big and take on blocks. <laughs> and <laughs> Like, if you're going to draft, like, 11 linebackers, you got to keep guys off of your linebackers. And, like, it's yeah. been since, like, Jay Ratliff that we've had a defensive tackle that could do a dang thing. Like, I, right. I love taking taking two defensive tackles. I love taking multiple corners. The guy I listen, just no, Clay, I like, I, I like that nose guard from um, the where the corner like, from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. The, the Buhani, Buhana, something yeah, like that. So yeah, he, like he's that. a big boy. Yeah. Give me like a big boy. Like that's again, just give me like a, a, a one tech defensive tackle that can like take on two blocks. Like I, the Cowboys have been crying out for that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't asked the guys this yet, but I'm I'm, I'm actually curious to know. Um, I'm curious to know how you feel about, or all of you guys feel about the releasing of uh, Antoine Woods. I'm okay uh, with it. 
I'm, I wasn't, man. I, I, I was a big fan of Antoine Boyd. He was I, one of the few guys I thought maybe needed more reps. You know, he never, but he was injured last year too. So yeah. I meant, I mean, you remember that one hit? And I remember the the one hit against Seattle. Oh, in the back in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just that's when he put his, but that's what I mean. He could make plays like that once in a while. I don't think, but once again, what, what you said in the text, Dave, and what we were saying is, you know, if Quinn's going to be like, you want me to run the defense, you know, I'm I'm gonna get my guys in here because I'm not going down like Marinelli or going down like um whatever his name is Smith or Nolan. Sorry, <laughs> there's so many of them we forgot. I know. I know. <laughs> so all right. So overall, I mean, listen. Uh, the only know, reason why I'm okay with it, I'm um, the only reason why I'm okay with it is because we got a clean house, man. That's the worst defensive yeah. performance I've ever seen. Um, totally I mean, weird. you know, it got to the point to where nobody stepped up. Nobody was like, yo, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, how much of it was Nolan? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, how, what, that's what we're going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find out if it was personnel or not. Yeah. yeah. But now I, 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 think, I, I don't think Antoine Woods was a sacrificial lamb. I think that there's something that, um, you know, that they saw that he didn't do, you know, that they're like, yo, man, you know. What was his contract situation like? What, what was his, his contract situation like? What did he just signed a one-year tender. Yeah. Like it wasn't. It was like a. Yeah, that's weird. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like a cap casualty. This was strictly yeah. like, hey, you don't fit my mold, you're out. That's that's how I took it. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, oh, we're trying to get to a certain number so we could sign another play. Like there was nothing. <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with that. It's so. funny because the the guy at UCLA or Digazoo, I think, is a pretty similar mold. So I don't know whether they really really expect a lot from him, but that's. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of pressure on the young defensive tackles. You know, what's what's good, too, is that I, I – um, that, that, that when, you have, when you have to make that cap, you start signing players that are, uh, that are below their pay grade but play above it. You know what I mean? So you, that's when you really, really have to focus on talent because, like, last year we picked up all those free agents. And they, they, they did nothing. What's his name? The one that said he's finally going to play. What was his name? Uh, oh no! There was there was a whole bunch. There was Don Terry Poe. There was Woods. also uh, Woods. Woods. Xavier Woods. Woods. Xavier yeah, Woods. Oh Everson no! Griffin. Oh no! Well, Woods was there. Oh, when D lost there, that right. after the Bears Thursday night loss, he was like, "Yeah, now now we really got to start playing." It was like, "What?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> that kind of right. stuff is. Yeah, I mean, look, Wolf again. Keith is on that that, and so is Brett, and so am I on like the let's see what happens. Yes, everybody that the Cowboys drafted according to Little Sturch was a monster. So I thought that everything that they did <laughs> was right. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So everybody got on my case. I'm a firm believer that the Cowboys stuck to their game plan. And I think that, the, you know, addressing eight guys out of 11 on defense is fantastic. And the, and Clay, and by the way, if you, you'll notice we don't know. I don't know. I, I forget names. I don't. I forgot my brother's name, but I'm always <laughs> forgetting names. But the reason I like the cornerback that they took is because he shut he he shut down that receiver from Alabama that that the, that the uh, Eagles took. I mean, you know, he's a big, yeah, was, he's yeah. a big physical kid, and um, you know, I think I think he might fit a scheme better. And the one yeah. thing Brett liked about him, they didn't like about him, was what his branding when he's when he's branding himself, right? Yeah, he's he, Fat he Boy Slim or something like that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but- you, you stop people and you play well, like brand yourself as much as you damn want, like just right. I'm with that like, too. I'm all for the swipe. Yeah. I'm all for that crap. Make a tackle. Make a tackle in the backfield. You can swipe all you want. I don't and care. Like, don't swipe. Don't swipe when you tackle a guy 10 yards down the field. Don't do it. Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin Joseph yeah. was recruited to LSU and committed to LSU. And, like, it's hard to go wrong with LSU defensive backs. Like, like granted, he was a Kentucky grad. Like, but I trust the defensive staff over at LSU to know what they're talking about if they're taking the guy. So, if he can get his head on straight, like, he can yeah. play some football. Like, that's not That could pan out. That could pan out. And, you know, again, you surround him. With a Trayvon Diggs, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown. That's that's a serviceable secondary as far as the corners does, are concerned. Does anyone know why he was left at or got kicked out of LSU or left LSU? I like, do not know specifics. You yeah, don't know, no, right? Because I know that's kind of like because yeah, he got suspended he for a game. Again, I don't think he, was like, he wasn't like a rest or anything. So and these are the things that the Dallas Cowboys front office, they ha- I mean, that was their second round pick. You have to do your homework on that. If you screw yeah. that up, forget it. You know what I mean? Like if that's yeah. if that's the case, then you're you're in a, in a heap of trouble. He may have but, had a problem with a coach. That happens a lot, you yeah, know, coach. Exactly. exactly. It could be something like as small Keith. as that. So mm-hmm. yeah, as Keith chugs his white claw. Yeah, real manly stuff claw, there, Keith. My brother. I know. It's it's ridiculous. But now, uh, you know, as we say in front of the Penn State guy. <laughs> Trying to yeah, absolutely. What's the matter with you? So, the, so Clay, I know you're you're just as excited as us because this week coming up, and I'm sure blogging the boys, the entire network will be covering it as it's going down. But this week, the NFL schedule drops, and it's exciting because that's when you know we pick out the th- the games we're going to win, and we're going to pick out the games we're going to lose, and, and you know, usually around it winds up being around 500. So, but yeah. usually, yeah. it's an exciting time for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know, Keith, you had yourself an opportunity, and you said you Mm -hmm. dropped the ball on this so far. You had an opportunity to fill out a contest on DallasCowboys.com that if you guessed the schedule correct 100%, you would have got four season tickets, which means you could have took Brett, myself, and Clay to the the games every week or every home game. So you kind of blew it. First off, sorry. It's L.A. after all. (laughs) (laughs) Another riot. Anyways. So, so no, I just, this is why, this is probably my favorite over the draft. This is my favorite part of the off season. I love when the schedule drops. Okay. I love it. I love seeing who we're going to play. I love when it's going to be. And here's a hint to everyone out there. 
the night it drops, buy your hotel and plane ticket wherever you want to go if they're in a away game that night. Because once the hotels and the airlines get word that the Cowboys are coming to town, everything's getting jacked up. Very so true. Do it that night, if you want, because I do it all the time. I, and I'm, I get like hundred dollar hotels and like a hundred and fifty dollar round trip, just like that. Well, and then wait, you go I'm back on you, before and it's hey, Keith, Yeah, I'm gonna give you guys another tip at Southwest, right? So let's say the game is on Sunday and you're looking, and the and the ticket is like four hundred dollars for that weekend, right? If you go and buy a ticket for another day that's cheaper, you can change it within 24 hours to that date that you want to fly and not have to pay the difference. Ooh, oh, look at that pro tip, huh? Look at that. He must you must be a traveling comedian or something. You must have some miles, but that's cool. No, but seriously. Right. I, 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 listen, Keith, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I'm, I'm very excited. I love the, the schedule release, but yeah, you know the that you all, yeah, that too. But the, the, the problem is, is that this stuff leaks relatively fast. Like there's supposed to be a draft release show on NFL network and it's never the case. Like you always get like, Oh, this is it's the opening. Day. Show. Oh, this yeah, is this. Yeah. And this is that. And like, there's just so many leaks. So I hate it. It's just like the draft. Like there was three, three picks ahead of what it was on TV. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know, I gotta get, you're gonna get one. You might get like a, a Thursday night game leaked or like the opening game. I mean, yeah, no, you'll get, you you'll, get, get the, the, you'll get the prime time games. You'll get the like opening a, night game. A London game will be leaked. Right. Nobody right. Wants to play in so, London except Jacksonville. Like, so Keith. Yeah. Let's start with you and we'll round, we'll go around, uh, around the table here. Keith, who did the Dallas Cowboys open up with in 2021? And you know, are they is, home? Or are they away? Now, this is what's really tough for me. I'm either going. Now, here's the thing that I, I realized when I was thinking about this. Dak has never won an opening game away. He has not. So he's lost to Carolina, and he lost to the Rams. Correct. And then his, his other three were against the, the Giants. He lost that one, too. Yeah, or his other, yeah, he lost the one against the Giants, and then he won the, the following year against the Giants on opening. Yes. Right? And then the I one believe. we went to, bro. Anyways, so, regardless, so here, I think it's either going to be an NFC East team, all right? And I'm going to go with the Giants on opening day right now, all right? But I think there still is a chance that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers open at home on a Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. That's that's, that's my that's my right. wild card right there. Now, now the, my only contest to that is I don't know if they're going to waste – and that's not a waste, but waste – two teams like that for one game, if you know what I mean. The Cowboys are going to draw regardless, and so is the opening game. Are they really going to stack all yeah, on one call. night? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because here's mm -hmm. my my prediction is that, yes, I think it'll be the Giants, uh, but if I'm going to take a shot at something random, mm -hmm. why not take, you know, you have that opening night game with a Thursday game with the, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting whoever. They raise their banner, whatever. Mm -hmm. Why not that Sunday night, Dallas in Kansas City? Yep. Yep. You know, like that would be a Sunday yeah, night that's opener. That's what you're saying? I'm thinking, like, if it ain't the Giants, which again, it's oh, it feels like it's always the Giants, always. But if it's not, I feel like, and I, it kind of contradicts my point of saying waste two teams because the Chiefs are going to draw anyway. But I feel like Chiefs opening night, AFC champions, and Dak's return against Patrick Mahomes. I feel mm -hmm. like that's like got marquee Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth written all over it. So okay. I don't know if anybody agrees, but Brett, what do you got? Well, who's your opener? I, I think we're going to, and I know you guys might are definitely going to disagree with this, but I think we're opening with the Eagles and I think it's going to be a Sunday night oh, game. I don't think and, that's bad. And I, I think it's going to be in Dallas. 
Okay. I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Like, all right, so so far, I, go ahead. What I'm saying is that that's they're you got to remember now we got you know we we've got bigger drawers now, right? So you got th- why would you do waste it with the Chiefs? Why would you waste it with the Bucks? Well, it's got to happen eventually, anyway. <laughs> right, I know, but I'm saying that opening night. I, I just think that you know it's it's people want to see that matchup, especially after what Peterson did, and you know unless they do the Giants and Eagles rematch, then then they might do Dallas and Oakland. I mean, uh, the Vegas Raiders. It, it's going to be in in uh, Vegas, obviously. So I mean, in in yeah, Dallas. No, in Dallas, yeah. Clay, what do you yeah, got, man? Who's opening with the, who's opening with that's the Cowboys? That's my wild. I really, really I like the the Chiefs idea. I think there's a good chance of that. I think that's like that's about as prime time as you can get there, and you don't have to use them in a weird time slot. When was the last time they played Washington the first day of the season? Decades. I, I like this. Dec- Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Don't don't well, do you know Clay? Oh, Clay already knows. I wish. But like, oh, here's the, you got you got a division champ. Technically, you, you've got the Cowboys. I mean, it's not got, technically they did win the damn thing. <laughs> hold on, my brother, my brother, my brother's figuring it out for I'm you, Clay. Gonna, right, we got to look it up. I'm gonna guess. I can't. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm gonna guess the um the overtime win or in ninety not over the one with the the bomb, the first game of the season RFK <laughs> when Troy Aikman came back and hit Rocket. I mean, come on. I mean, the what is that? Wait, I was in two thousand one. What is that now? Ninety one? No, no, two thousand. You know the game when they were down like thirty five to fourteen, and Troy Aikman came back. Two thousand. It, no, it was two thousand. It was like two thousand or two thousand one or ninety nine. One of those. Okay, okay I'm gonna go with two thousand because now so, I have to know. So, so you put that either on a Sunday night or are they still doing the two Monday night games? The seven ten, the ten ten. For anybody on the East Coast, I heard they're not. I heard they're not doing. They're not doing. Um, they're not doing two Monday night games anymore. Because I could have seen that being the early Monday night game is Washington at Dallas. I mean, they're they're not sending Dallas to Washington. That's not. That's just not happening. But but I could see that that being a change of pace because I think everyone's just kind of on the oh well they're going to play the Giants because they play the Giants. Every damn year, it seems like right. It feels like yes. It feels like that's always a a thing. So so far. A new new name for the for the whatever oh, Washington All right, Keith, you're a sick, sick individual, bro. 1999, the Dallas Cowboys opened up in Washington and won 41 35 in overtime. Yeah, you but is that the, that, is that the last mind. one, though? Is that the last I, I one? Listen, I don't know because I felt like, again, there was a stretch where it was like Dallas Giants every year. It felt like it was Dallas yeah. Giants every year. It pissed me off because it's like that's the most, for me, that's the most stressful game for me because I'm in Jersey and I got to deal with these these clowns up here. And, yeah. uh, and I just feel like I've always had to stress that game way too much. But uh, that's that's insane, Keith, if that's the okay, last but time. Then, but then, uh, so, Clay, you're going Redskins, possibly Redskins, Cowboys. And who's your wild card? Like mine would be, uh, like I said, Cowboys at Raiders could be a big primetime game, I think. I think um, what would be yours? I mean, that, that's a good show. Raiders at Cowboys. They, they could go the new look New Orleans Saints behind Taysom Hill. No, that's, wouldn't that Cowboys be James Winston or no? I don't know. Uh, would it be yeah. James Winston? It's got to be. I don't know. I mean, he would have Winston, to, no. Why didn't Winston start last year when, when Hill was there? I don't know. When Breeze went down, right? I don't I know. agree, Clay. I think it's going to be. Very, very uh that's odd. But all right, so we have we have opening night predictions. Now we'll jump to our one of our well, my one of my favorite holidays, if not me, my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. Who are the Dallas Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving? Keith. Okay, now if you follow 
uh, the way that um, the games work on Thanksgiving for the Dallas Cowboys. It always goes an NFC East rival and then whatever the AFC team. We, we play two AFC teams usually. Now it's three, but we play two AFC teams um, a year, right? Mm-hmm. At home, that is. We play four, but two at home. So it's always division and then the next year. So I think it's either going to be Oakland or Denver, and I'm going to go with Oakland. It's going to be the Raiders. Yeah. So Las Vegas Raiders to come to Dallas for Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Uh, Clay, you agree? Uh, yeah, I think that's a really, really good show. I mean, they still brand the Raiders like they're something rather than <laughs> like the mediocre franchise and nobody really cares about there. But like, I think there's a, there's a really, really good chance of that one. Actually, that'll be a pretty damn good game. Brett? Um, again, I'm, that's my wild card for opening night. But um, I, I think that uh, it's going to be Denver again. I, I, again, I was, you mean, yeah, we played Denver on Thanksgiving. Remember Keith? Yeah. A while ago. We played yeah, the no, Raiders more recently. I think it's going to be Denver on Thanksgiving. I, 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 I am in lockstep with Brett. I think it's going to be Denver. Um, a new look Denver. Is it Drew Locke? Is it, is it Teddy two gloves? We don't know what that's going to be or who the quarterback's going to be at the time especially that late in the season, but I do think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. I got that feeling too. Now, if you had to take a – I'll go over under. Now, you have Thanksgiving guaranteed. You have the week after Thanksgiving, they typically have their Thursday night football game. That that makes sense. They probably will get a Monday nighter. They'll probably get a Sunday nighter. That's four guaranteed. Over under six primetime games for the Dallas Cowboys, Keith. Okay, wait. When you say when you say uh, over under six prime time, that doesn't count the actual Thanksgiving game. You're just talking about like nighttime, right? Well, I got I I, I consider that a prime time, even though it's not. Uh, I guess it's a four. Nationally part, so televised. That. You mean Na- nationally uh, televised? Yeah, nationally televised. <laughs> All right. So so Thanksgiving is like when it's put it this way when it's the only game on. Right. That's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would say I would say it's going to be six games. Six. Okay. I say it's six. I, th- I say we have two Sunday nights. Um, the Thanksgiving game, one Thursday night and one Monday night. I know my dad is listening to this right now. Like, ugh, just hates these primetime games. Have, he always, I hate. And I think Thursday I think game. our Monday night game is going to be Atlanta. Ooh, I think our okay. Thursday night game after Thanksgiving <laughs> is going to be the Patriots. So and I think the two Sunday night games are going to be the Eagles and the Chiefs. Wow, I mean. I really – why couldn't you just fill out the damn form, Keith? I mean, <laughs> if you nailed this, we could have been going to every home game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Brett, what do you think, man? Over under six primetime nationally televised games. I'm saying we're doing 11 because we're making the playoffs, man. No, uh, <laughs> I would say it'll probably be – I mean, I, I hate to just keep agreeing with my brother, but I, my, I instinctually think it's going to be at six. I think the recipe that your brother just put out there, like Thanksgiving, one Monday, two Sunday, one Thursday, that puts it at six. And I'm that's in, usually what we see. That's usually what we see, man. I'm in lockstep with that. I mean, that doesn't count also like, you know, I'm in Jersey, so technically my national, like my televised game is, yeah. is going to be the Giants game regardless. You know well, what I mean? Something so, might happen, Sturch, which we can't predict where our game is flexed to a Sunday night. Very like true. That. Yeah, very true. But that doesn't what do you think, man? Over on there, you got six on the board for all three of us. Here's the thing: everyone's going six, so I got I got to switch it up. I'll go over. Um, I think there's a good chance with with Dak coming back, and it's the Cowboys. It's almost a lock. Week one, you're going to get Thanksgiving game. You'll probably get at least one an Eagles game. You'll get a Giants game. There's four right there, and then you look at the schedule, and like 
here's the thing. They've got other brands that are huge. They, like you've got Tampa Bay, which at Kansas city, um, even though I think they're going to be pretty terrible. You've got at new Orleans, like there's just, yeah. an, and then you got at new England, if they're, if they're going to be any better now, like again, new England right. could be terrible, but, but we'll that see. could be one that gets flexed. I mean, yeah. I just think you look at the other teams on the schedule, it lends itself to to primetime games. Right. All right. Well, look, that that's interesting to see. One more thing. Clear cut. Give me one number. That's all I want. It is now May. As we record this, it's May 9th. You're listening to us at May 10th. No OTAs yet. No training camp yet. No preseason. No schedule release. How many games can the Dallas Cowboys win out of 17? With the roster that stands right now, we'll start with Clay. Real quick, one number, hit it. Ten. Ten win team out of so they're going. They're going ten and seven. Keith. Yep. Um, nine. So they're going nine and eight, according to Keith. That's true. Brett. I'm going again, man. I'm going with Keith. Nine. I was going to say nine. We'll be lucky if we do 500 again, guys. Stop. There's no such thing as 500. Look at Clay over here. Don't do that to Clay. No, no, no. The guy's never had any – he's never had a good season. I mean, he's had good seasons, but you know what I mean. Listen, first of all, all, there's nothing – there's no such thing as 500 anymore. So – Put that in your pipe. We'll find oh, a way yeah, to that's go right. 500. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> we're going to go 8-8-1. Eight, eight but Somehow we're going to find a way to we're go We're going to tie a game. I think right now, as it stands right now, they can win nine games. Out. Give me something else, and maybe we'll get ten. So Look, I'm just hopeful, like, the offensive line, bar Tyron Smith, who's never going to make it through anywhere near a full season ever again. But, like, I'm counting on Lyle Collins not falling and, like, breaking his entire body prior to the season. <laughs> Well, I'm counting like, on actually having an all-pro guard. Like, I, we'll see. the offensive line just needs to be – I can't say the word that I was going to say. It just needs to be serviceable. Like, just give <laughs> yeah. me a serviceable – And all we need is uh, – we can – call me crazy, but a middle-of-the-pack defense puts us deep in the postseason. Deep in the postseason. Yes. Middle-of-the-pack middle defense. Agreed. Before we go, it doesn't have to be now, but I, I want to talk to Clay as the oldest member of the Jersey Boys podcast and – I would like to talk to him when we're ready. Just, I would like to talk to him <laughs> when we're ready. When we're ready. Hey, speaking of uh, you being the oldest, the Jersey Boys podcast did just turn one years old uh, the other day. So that was that was a cool feat. We've been on blogging the boys since about January, midway through the playoffs. We came on with blogging the boys, but before that, we were having countdowns and all sorts of fun stuff on our on our old platform. Okay. But with that being said, and I knew that was coming eventually. Clay, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Jersey Boys podcast. Uh, I don't know what Brett needs to talk to you about, but I will put you guys in contact. Um, no, I'm going to right now. Right now. Oh, all right, go ahead. I thought you wanted to talk. Go ahead. Yeah, that's. I, no, I, yeah, it was a little. It was a little confusing, but I got you, bro. Clay, listen. There was a time when this team made the playoffs twenty years in a row. Clay, there was a time when this team was glorious. And and we 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 dominated in, in the NFL. We had five Super Bowls in one era, Clay. Five. It was amazing. It was an amazing time. And then we won three out of four years, and it was wonderful. And you never got to see it, Clay. But it, it did happen. And it and it's, it's never true. coming back. No, it will, Clay. Clay, 
It will come back. Clyde. I Keith, promise. You I, mean, uh, Brett, I think I think we just in, in lamest terms. I think he said, "Dad's not coming home." I think that's what he said. <laughs> no, Dad, Dad might come home. home. I will. Either that, we found his body in the lake, and we thought he ran away, <laughs> but he really didn't. He was he was murdered. But no, was, Clay, I'm telling you that what you hear is true. And there was the time when we had the number one defense in the NFL, the number one receiver, number two receiver, number four receiver, number one running back, and number one passer. It actually happened. And we won Super Bowls, Clay. And you know what, Clay? Clay, there's a good goddamn chance that that could be this year as well. You never know. No, no it's not, little <laughs> No, bro. Me, me and Clay got stuff in common. We're optimistic. Yeah. Well, you know what? Clay isn't optimistic. I've heard of what he's talking about. He's not very optimistic at all. It's, so if we don't, if we don't win, we're definitely going to scare a lot of teams with our monsters that we have on the team. <laughs> Look, That's look, you, you got to laugh at this team because if you don't laugh, like it's just miserable. You cry. Like, <laughs> you don't laugh, you cry. And uh, as Brett continues to brush yeah, his hair. Danny Zuko, what the hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting on it, man. I'm waiting on it. I just found the brush. The brush was right here. On paper, on paper, on paper, we should have been 14 and 2 last year on paper. Those rolling papers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Clay with the, the zinger here as we close another episode of the Jersey Boys podcast. Clay, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on out and talk some Micah Parsons and Penn State football, bro. Yeah, bro. I appreciate Yo. you guys having me. Hopefully uh, bring a little luck because God knows I haven't had much with the Cowboys last no. last decade. And if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, I'll be at the Arlington Draft House this weekend. Yes, go check yeah, out. Me, we're, we're actually doing a tour of the, the comics of Cobra Kai, so it's me and the other guy. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that flyer. That's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, live comedy is back. There's more lifting restrictions and more things that are going down. So definitely check out Brett's social medias for all of his all of his schedule here. Clay, man, thank you so much for coming on. And on behalf of Dave Sturcio, Keith Ernst, Brett Ernst, and the Jersey Boys podcast presented here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We will see you guys next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.